0: and have you tried to go up to joffrey lakes lately they shut it down they didn't shut it down the lake is still there they closed it they don't want people going there because if you are in your 40s like i am you probably went to joffrey lakes like years ago before Instagram and it was great because there was very few people there it's kind of a far drive from Vancouver you know you go past Whistler and then you get there and it's like wow look at this pristine place and then Instagram and influencers got there and the place became Disneyland it was nuts and so uh, the First Nations up there the Lil Wat and the Nquatqua said no more people this is getting out of control no more people well they and the province have now reached an agreement and Joffrey Lakes uh, is going to be reopened Soon, so here now to sort of discuss that with us is our Minister of Environment and Climate Change Strategy, George Heyman. And I'm correcting that, right, Minister Heyman, that we have come to to an agreement, and there's going to be some movement on the Joffrey Lakes issue.
1: Yes, uh, absolutely. We've spent a couple of weeks in uh, serious discussions with uh, Lil' Watt and Kwakwaka'wakw nations, and uh, we reached an agreement a couple of days ago that would uh, provide the nations the the space that they wanted and needed for food gathering and for cultural practices around that as well as the privacy to do it but also would see the park reopen for uh, the general public uh, beginning on september 19th through to the end of the month with the exception of the national day for truth and reconciliation and then the park will reopen again uh, up to uh, october 9th with day use passes and uh, that country passing, uh, camping season will be open until November 13th.
0: Well, that's fantastic. It's such a, a wonderful spot, uh, to be able to visit. And I mean, it just, it's like this gem, this jewel of our province for anyone who's been there, they know it also has been pretty, pretty heavily, pretty heavily used. So it's, it's great to know that, um, we're, we're reaching sort of a common ground here. Is this going to lead to, um, under the new understanding or the new agreement, is there going to be less day passes or less access just as a means of kind of keeping it um, in better, in better condition, or will it be just as easy to get passes and to go up there?
1: Well, this will be a a key part of our uh, discussions ongoing and our agreement with uh, the two nations. And we've been working on this since uh, a letter of understanding in, in 2018, I think. Uh, the fabulous pictures of Joffrey on Instagram led to a whole lot of people wanting to see these beautiful lakes. Uh, it is an incredible place. But uh, when we were discussing implementing the day pass system uh, a few years ago, I was shown pictures of so many people on the trails. It was almost like walking on a crowded downtown street. And that is not uh, the experience people go to have. And it's also... Uh, not a a situation that will preserve the the habitat, the important ecological values, or the things that all of us, uh, First Nations individuals or everyone else who visits the area uh, treasure. So we need to limit uh, access and and do that through the issuance of day-use passes so we know how many people are going at any one time, and we have reached agreement with the two nations to cut back the number of passes for the rest of this year and then to look at their own knowledge, their own experience, as well as uh, science in determining what a sustainable number of people on any given day or any given morning or afternoon will be going forward. Uh, This does not mean that people won't be able to go, but it does mean that when they get there, they'll have a richer experience and the environment uh, through which they are walking when they get there uh, will be maintained. in uh, the kind of condition that people want to see when they are going out to experience nature,
0: yeah, and I like the term that you used there—a a richer experience, because it is. Um, at least I view it this way. It's a it's a privilege to be able to have places like this, and we're so lucky to live where we do. And as a person who grew up here, I think that it can it can happen where. you end up taking some of these places for granted that it's like, oh, we could just drive up there at any old time with as many people as we want and just, and go and hike. But when you have to, you know, go through a process to actually get access and you're being reminded that this is, it kind of reminds you, this is a privilege and, you know, we have to make sure that we're using it responsibly. And I think it, it, all of those steps make you value this already incredibly valuable place, but it makes you like value it, even more. And I think that's part of the idea here. Would you agree?
1: Absolutely. Uh, whether it is preserving the habitat or, or even just safety issues around uh, parking for people uh, near the, uh, the access to the park, all of those are critical. I think most people who are going to go to a place like Joffrey are going to plan ahead a little bit. And part of that planning will now be going online and, uh, and applying for the day use pass, which is available uh, two days in advance, fewer people go for back com- country camping uh, experiences, but uh, they can also access that online. I think uh, one of the things that really stuck in my mind after a discussion with uh, with the chiefs of the nations during a period of time when the park had been closed, and some of the elders and others had gone there just to experience the land uh, that their ancestors had uh, had lived on, had collected food from, was they talked about the sense of stillness that they hadn't felt in that area for a Mm. long time. Now, obviously you don't get complete solitude when you have people going on hikes, but uh, I know when I go on a hike uh, I don't mind seeing other people, but I don't want to feel like I'm uh, walking down uh, main street in Vancouver either. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. That certainly um, takes away from it. And again, like as a person who's lived here, and used these trails for, for years. I I went to Joffrey Lakes before we had cell phones like we have now. And yeah, the, the way that it has changed with the advent of things like, like Instagram and, um, just to, just to see, I've seen some of those same pictures that you have. So can you talk about what, what one of the main concerns was? Because I think there's a lesson here that we can actually transfer or take take away and apply to, to other parts of our province as well. Was it like littering or just too, like too many bodies just sort of moving along the trail or were people being disrespected? Like what was sort of the main concern? Can you speak to that? Well, there were a
1: range of concerns and you've pretty much highlighted them. I, I think the nations were concerned about safety on the on the road uh, near the park. Uh, they were concerned about uh, damage to the uh, the environment. Uh, when a trail is too crowded, people will sometimes just step off it or go around it, and they don't know what they're stepping on. I, I think uh, Indigenous knowledge about the value of, of native plants as foods and as medicine uh, encompass a whole range of species that, that most of us don't give a lot of regard to. I, I think it would be a good thing if we did, but we don't uh, necessarily pass on that kind of uh, traditional knowledge that comes from millennia of of living on the land. I think it is also, uh, and we had a lot of discussion about this with the nations, it's not just gathering food, it's not just uh, uh, safety, it's not just the number of people, it's a sense of uh, there is a cultural and spiritual connection they have to the land and they really put forward to us uh, that they have um, they have rights that flow from the Constitution of Canada as original inhabitants and they wanted the opportunity to uh, exercise some of those in peace and privacy uh, and uh, we need to respect that. We need to honor that. That's part of reconciliation. I think we'll all be enriched by that and they in turn understood that uh, we're now living here uh, with a whole lot of people more and more who come to British Columbia every year and that uh, finding a way to reconcile their values and also share the uh, the experience, the the sense of wonder that comes from looking at, uh, at the habitat, at the incredible lakes, uh, at Joffrey Lakes is something that uh, they understood they didn't want to cut everyone else off from, but they, they wanted to find a way to preserve their values, preserve the environment, uh, and preserve this um, incredible place for, for their children uh, as well as for everyone else who is now living here in a way that, uh, that advances reconciliation and helps us live together in a better way.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Well said, and and you know, sort of preserves these places, um, like you say, for for their children and and for everyone else. Um, fantastic news that the province and the Lilwat and Nkwatqua nations have reached an agreement. Joffrey Lakes will reopen uh, to the public on September nineteenth, but of course, you are going to need uh, day passes and backcountry passes, and all of that sort of stuff is available. Online uh, Minister George Heyman, he's the Minister of Environment and Climate Train- Change Strategy. Thank you for your time this morning, and also thank you for the work that you do on this to sort of make these sort of agreements happen and uh, plan for the future of of uh, the province and and special places like this. Really appreciate that.
1: My my pleasure. Great to talk to you, and and my thanks to all the British Columbians who. Uh, have been to uh, Joffrey Lakes Park who who wanted to go and, and had to postpone their plans and who will go in the future for understanding that uh, reconciliation with uh, First Nations is an important part of who we are in British Columbia.